Welcome. This is David Barris, president of the American Association of Bank Directors, host of ABD's Calling All Bank Directors podcast. Today we have as our guest Ross Marazzo to discuss what you and your board need to know about BSA, AML, and OFAC. This is part one to our BSA, AML, and OFAC discussion with Ross. He will address bank board responsibilities and expectations, program sustainability and resilience, how bank boards succeed or fail, and the metrics that boards should look for from their BSA officer. Ross is managing partner at Treliant, an ABD sponsor, and chief compliance and ethics officer. He has over 34 years of domestic and international experience in the design, oversight, and assessment of AMLBSA, global economic sanctions, fraud, and anti-bribery corruption programs. Please let me know if you have any follow-up questions by contacting me at dbarris at aabd.org. All right, let's call Ross. Hello, Ross. Welcome to ABD's Calling All Bank Directors podcast. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. Ross, uh, bank boards and senior management often get confused over the differences between their roles and responsibilities. And we'll discuss today uh, this from a board perspective to bring color surrounding their role and responsibilities as distinguished from management for uh, BSA and OFAC compliance and the importance of it. Ross, can you provide some background on BSA and OFAC compliance and um, board responsibilities under the U.S. regulatory and law enforcement laws and guidelines? Sure, David. So uh, there are a number of guidances uh, and laws that uh, cover a variety of compliance programs and Bank Secrecy Act, USA Patriot Act, and OFAC are two of those. For the most part, they're fairly consistent throughout. Uh, the key board responsibilities uh, generally are the same. Uh, the setting of a tone for the culture of compliance is one of the most important uh, attributes of an effective compliance programs that the uh, boards need to drive through the institution down through senior management. Uh, setting the risk appetite and risk tolerances, working with senior management through that. Uh, monitoring out of appetite and tolerance conditions. Uh, understanding financial crimes risk to the bank, uh, which is rooted in the risk assessment. They have to understand the risk in order to uh, help to uh, oversee the, the risks of the institution. Um, Establishing clear policies that guide the alignment of the bank's risk appetite. Again, they're not uh, personally responsible for developing policies, but they are overseers of the overall policy program. And appointing a, uh, a uh, qualified uh, Bank Secrecy Act and OFAC officer to uh, manage the day-to-day -day responsibilities surrounding the compliance program. Ross, is there something also about DOJ guidelines for compliance programs that might be helpful? Yeah. So uh, what's really important 
uh, and I think a lot of companies miss, uh, are the DOJ guidelines that are rooted in the U.S. sentencing guidelines for organizations. The DOJ more recently came out with updated guidelines, which, again, are, are pretty consistent with bank guidelines with respect to culture and the responsibility for ensuring that they understand the, the risk. And when I say they, the board of directors, in order to effectively um, you know, oversee the uh, compliance risk within the institution. The DOJ has been much more active uh, than they have ever been before over the last couple of years with respect to prosecuting companies that are out of line with the expectations for an effective compliance program and uh, being involved with a lot of uh, regulatory enforcement action remediation activity, both working for government agencies and advising banks and other institutions. Um, what we've seen is uh, a number of things, which we'll talk about a little later, where the boards have uh, legitimately failed to um, uh, effectively oversee the, the bank's programs. Ross, uh, sustainability and resilience are critical to the short and long-term success of a compliance program. Can you discuss the role of boards in bank boards in effectively overseeing program sustainability and resilience? Sure. So one of, one of the things that boards should be hearing from their compliance officers, their chief risk officers, and their chief audit executives are the two words, sustainability and resilience. Resilience is uh, something that came out uh, through the various agencies a while ago uh, related to the uh, challenges of the ups and downs of the market uh, and other uh, challenges that companies uh, face um, throughout their life cycle. And it's very important that there's planning oversight by the board to manage the different risks, again, rooted in the risk assessment, uh, to make sure that the company doesn't lose track of what they need to do to have an effective compliance program. The sustainability is the piece where uh, which dovetails off of resilience, is that you set a program up and it's not something that you forget about and you change course where to, to the point where you have uh, fails in the system of internal controls that uh, materially affect the quality of the risk mitigation processes within the compliance program. So, you, you know, what, what, uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, sustainability fails a little later, but um, one of the problems there is uh, people have short-term memory, and uh, it, it needs to be something that they need to be top of mind about keeping everything effective and efficient. Lastly, one of the most important aspects uh, or attributes of a program is staffing. And uh, understandably, there are budgets and limitations on uh, how much you can spend, um, but uh, at the end of the day, you, you can't cut to success. And oftentimes, uh, it, you will see that boards are not really effectively understanding and 
I would say that a lot of it is often put on management, not effectively or openly communicating with the board the needs to have the right type and amount of staff to effectively maintain and sustain a program. Boards oversee firms through information provided by managers. Can you give us some ideas on what boards should be looking at for BSA and OFAC compliance? Sure. So the um, the type and and volume of information that an institution receives is uh, almost like a science experiment. Um, you have to test, identify what is most useful for the board of a particular institution. And that's driven by a number of different factors. It's the size, the footprint, um, you know, again, all going back to the risk assessment, which is the foundational element of a compliance program. But some basics that they should be looking at, um, you know, uh, with respect to any of their types of businesses, they should be looking at uh, customers with multiple SAR filings, number of high-risk customers, as a percentage of the overall population. So as an example, if you're into all high-risk, um, you know, you're going to want to look at a percentage of your high-risk customers. If you're in a uh, moderately uh, risk uh, uh, firm, you know, you want to look at a percent of the high-risk customers, not a large percent, but enough that gives uh, you a good understanding of where the firm sits. Alert aging, and these are uh, alerts that come out of your system for uh, suspicious activity. You want to know whether or not uh, they are aging beyond uh, 60 to 90 days, which is the industry and regulatory uh, red flag points for uh, making sure that you don't run into a large number of backlogs, which causes a lot of problems for firms. Uh, also going into even enforcement actions. Case aging, late SAR filings, late CTR filings, late 314A responses, which are under the Patriot Act and responses to government agencies, uh, customer EDD reviews for aging, sanctions violations, overdue training, and department open positions within the compliance department. So if you look at these, you're breaking them down to metrics related to the risk management of the firm and then also violations. And we go back to what I said earlier, staffing uh, and whether or not uh, you have the right uh, number of staff within the compliance department. Ross, uh, I'd like to reserve the remaining questions for our next podcast episode. And thank you very much today for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for your time.